Hi, I am Chitra. I am Madhvi. I am Jyoti. I am Suchitra. Together, we are your hosts on the Edge Podcast. We bring you stories and experiences from our experiments around learning, marketing, and design. These are stories of people, technology, and people interacting through technology. Of what we see, create, and recommend. Today we are starting a series called Rarely Rational. Humans are rarely rational beings and there is little surprise in the fact that we are prone to committing mistakes while decision making. The thought patterns that humans use to draw incorrect conclusions are what we call cognitive biases. In this series, we will cover topics of cognitive biases with an objective to encourage the study of behavioral patterns in humans and how it can be applied in various aspects of user experience. Hello all, welcome to the Edge podcast and here we are with another episode on uh, UX and uh, cognitive bias. Hi, this is Suchitra. Hi, I'm Jyoti. Together we are going to discuss about the UX journey and uh, what made us to get us into this journey and our experiences. So let's learn together and get started. Uh, do you want to talk about wh- how you started uh, your, your user experience journey or what got you into uh, the field of uh, UX? So I have a close to 10 plus years of experience in the field of software testing and uh, BA. But uh, I've always been keen uh, on the usability of any product uh, so you know how a tester behaves or things right always very intrigued about the end product and wanting to find more bugs because uh, the more the bugs are then uh, you are proud as a tester so i mm. think this inquisitive nature or uh, kind of too much questioning on how the product should be or how the experience say when I'm going to use a product how I should feel about the product probably I think this interest uh, made me think what is the hot selling cake now that's user experience so I I think uh, the, the interest the fun that we had in uh, designing uh, a product or the experience that you need to give to a user uh, made me more focused on this journey and uh, it just like that happened. So how about you, Jyoti? So uh, I come from front-end uh, development background, Sujitra. I have always uh, been at the receiving end of designs, uh, you know, from designers. And I'm converting the design, uh, bringing it uh, alive on a website or a web page and I've always done that work and so that interest of mine got converted into uh, learning more about uh, user experience and uh, you know how uh, designers uh, design and or why they do what they do and or you know learning about uh, the behavior of users how you users uh, use a particular uh, app or you know an interface so I think with the advent of uh, the new age uh, html5 and you know uh, oh, web standards uh, uh, it was just more and more interesting for me about how uh, mobile phones and smartphones became so ubiquitous uh, uh, throughout uh, everybody's uh, lives right like you, you can't imagine how uh, someone's life would be without a smartphone now mm-hmm. So that was just very interesting to me and I wanted to also use my little bit of front-end knowledge to also get into design. So that's how I got into 
UX uh, design. <laughs> I think that's going to be a lethal combination, uh, uh, people, because the uh, aspect of uh, being a QA person and one uh, is into the journey of the development in, into UX. So you can imagine how deadly it is going to be. <laughs> so... Yeah, so uh, I guess that's that's an interesting point also here, Jyoti, because always when you uh, design a product or when you uh, get into the shoes of uh, the user, so you will design or you will expect a product that has to be user-friendly. But at the same time, as a, a QA person whom I have been, so it will be easy for me to refine the process or think in a way that this has to be a much better so I think this, this is going to be an interesting journey for us to learn and uh, improve ourselves in the path of uh, UX. Okay, Jyoti, what in your opinion uh, actually is user experience? I know we have been, uh, we are in the initial uh, path of this journey and I know we have a lot to learn and explore in this UX uh, journey. So uh, for me, I think user experience covers all aspects of, uh, you know, the interaction of the end user. For example, say open an app on the phone to, you know, how getting out of that app that is com- completing his entire uh, whatever path that he wants to do. So like I said, from opening an app on the phone and finishing his journey, his user journey or whatever action he wants to do and uh, pressing exit on the phone. So this entire action that a user takes should be considered while uh, designing something or you know the experience of a user through this entire journey that he takes user experience should you know include it's not just uh, the interface it's not just uh, the layout of uh, the app or the colors or the branding or uh, the, um, the the visual part of uh, the a product is not what user experience or uh, is not limited to that is what i think i uh, just like to uh, add a couple of points here uh, in my opinion what i have experienced or learned in my journey uh, as a software uh, tester or assurance uh, person is the moment i start using an app or a product or any application it has to be uh, very friendly and uh, ideally it has to address all the pain points of uh, any user so in my opinion the user experience journey is something you address all the pain points or uh, envision yourself or you foresee what is the problem that you will face as a user so uh, I would uh, uh, describe this more as a process where to define or uh, uh, fine-tune your uh, customer journey with all the, uh, uh, which includes the look and feel, the navigation, the process. End of the day, as you said, as I log in and as I exit out of the application or app, my experience should be smooth and not very cumbersome. So I think we are two different individuals who have uh, expressed our um, opinion about what ideal user journey should be. But if we have to get on to the definitions, yes, it just refers to the feeling users experience when using a product or application or system. And end of the day, when I uh, just uh, log out or uh, sign out of that application, I say, yes, this is cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good feeling to have at the end of your (laughs) user journey. Yes, I think uh, any designer would uh, like to give that kind of wow moments for their users. Yeah. Yeah. So as we discussed about this, uh, Jyoti, I I remember we doing a couple of uh, projects for our client where we were doing 
uh, UX audits or uh, uh, UX market research for them. Uh, I think that was a very good learning for us where we went ahead uh, by understanding their application and uh, could address their pain points or note down what exactly is required as per the market standards or how uh, uh, difficult it was to find uh, each and every stuff or how to understand the workflow because to complete one transaction or one uh, flow, how difficult it was for us to uh, go ahead with that application uh, in, in the first shot. So I think all those elements, right from making it easy, making it very clear, making it uh, very uh, intuitive and uh, kind of uh, information specific, I think that was one good experience. What is your opinion on it? Yeah, so uh, the project that we took up for UX audit was a great segue into our UX journey, right? Suchi, I think that was uh, uh, the first time uh, I took up a serious client project Mm -hmm. and uh, worked on aspects of uh, user experience, user research, doing uh, comparative analysis uh, and uh, our, uh, you know, coming up with this audit report for the client was my first serious like billable project that I have uh, worked on and that was the the project that uh, also got me more uh, interested in this entire journey of mine and I started reading more about UX design and uh, UX research. Uh, That's absolutely true Jyoti. I totally agree because uh, for both of us it was a great journey to get started and I think uh, it's going to be a fun ride for both of us to learn and explore more in this UX journey. Uh, Having said that we are venturing into this UX journey and uh, we are uh, trying to learn a lot. Uh, I have been uh, reading a lot about this cognitive biases, which is the uh, key uh, concept uh, in UX also, right, Jyoti? Do you mind telling us what actually cognitive biases and then we can take it further? Sure, Suchi. Uh, So cognitive biases has been a very interesting topic for me of late. I mean, I I am not any uh, psychologist or any, uh, yeah, um, cognitive, you know, uh, scientist or anything. But But this this topic has just, uh, you know, picked my interest uh, lately. First talk about uh, uh, why this became uh, uh, relevant is the background is how humans, you know, make decisions or uh, how is uh, a human brain uh, designed to arrive at uh, conclusions or estimating any outcome. So this is the background for uh, uh, talking about this whole, uh, you know, concept of cognitive biases and uh, uh, user behavior. Right, right. So uh, what I read was uh, apparently, you know, it's easier for us to make quick and effective decisions than like sticking to facts and, you know, thinking rationally at all times. We prefer to act fast rather than, you know, thinking rationally. So that kind of nature of ours, uh, that's the human brain's nature, uh, would lead to some uh, outcomes which are not always, you know, right. So that could be like an error in thinking and uh, arriving, uh, making decisions in such a manner. This is how, uh, you know, cognitive bias can be like a blessing and a curse. And that's how, say, in the field of UX, uh, the designers make use of such tendencies of users in uh, using these biases either for or against them. Okay. So as a layman, when I'm trying to understand what you actually... uh 
uh, spoke about this uh, cognitive biases jyoti so instead of uh, getting too deep into facts and numbers uh, i just share a piece of information and uh, i want to take decisions quickly based on these so i don't yes. want to get actually into the data and facts uh, before uh, not everybody though but uh, yeah. uh, j- j- most of the human mind process this way that instead of getting into facts and figures yeah this is the information this is what it is and i'm going to take decisions based on this yes. basically it's a psychological thought uh, yes. uh, that causes the human brain to draw incorrect conclusions right yes if you have to put yes that's a good definition actually right there yeah yeah uh, right i mean it's uh, also mostly subconscious right it's not right. deliberately that uh, anyone is doing it it is also we are no one is immune to it it's just that maybe we need to be more aware or mean we need to uh, yeah not arrive at conclusions too quickly to if we have to avoid biases but i think that's a uh, whole different topic about how to be uh, aware of biases and how to avoid it but yeah i think we have a whole lot of uh, other episodes also to keep discussing about the different cognitive biases yes and uh, what are the different categories that we are going to discuss so stay tuned guys so we still have more to talk about it uh, you remember we were talking or reading about the stephanie walters article about the cognitive biases and how beautifully uh, lawrence wagner and uh, stephanie walter had segregated into different categories I I think that was more interesting for me because as a person who doesn't know anything about the uh, cognitive bias I think those cards and the way they had segregated it really helped me so what do you think about it Jyoti Oh yes that was a great uh, article and, and you know a great way to deep dive into this whole field of UX and uh, cognitive biases I think for our listeners we can just tell them Stephanie Walter and Lawrence Wagner are two UX designers we came across their article uh, where uh, they have uh, segregated around 52 cognitive biases apparently there are much more but they have picked 52 and uh, put them into uh, categories like decision making thinking and problem solving memories and recalling so uh-huh. what we wanted to do in the this episode and the coming episodes is to uh, talk about each bias and maybe uh, how we have encountered yeah. them in our uh, lives i think uh, that's that's re- pretty interesting jyoti i think uh, as we dive deep into these categories we ourselves will uh, start understanding what are the biggest mistakes or the de- decisions that we have been taking <laughs> based on these biases i think that is going to be uh, more of a self analysis than the <laughs> cognitive bias uh, uh, might be i don't know so yeah okay so what is that uh, that we are going to talk about it in this episode jyoti i know we are going to take up pick up the first category uh, which we saw it's it's, it's about the decision making and behavior so uh, do we have any specific topics under this uh, category biases yeah. under this category uh, if to be precise yes. so today we would want to talk about a bias called the anchoring bias or the anchoring effect oh. which is the tendency for people to depend too heavily on the first piece of information they receive what does this mean i think we can maybe first i would tell i'd like to tell us an experience mm-hmm. i we can share and i will tell you how that is related to anchoring bias is that good yeah 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 please i think as you share some personal experience of yours i'll also be pushed or i'll have the urge to say what i have experienced too okay so that will yeah. uh, 
also put the the listeners into a spot where okay i have also done this so is this anchoring bias yeah let's get started jyoti so i was talking about my experience in booking autos via these taxi aggregator companies versus uh, hiring an auto the pre smartphone era way right so what i realized when i was haggling for prices with the auto driver on the road is i would always keep the target price as the price from uh, you know company x okay and i would uh, make sure i would not pay more than that and this <laughs> was a very subconscious thing i didn't realize or I, there was no uh, uh, rational uh, Uh, behind why i would keep the target as the uh, taxi aggregator company's price right 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 so now in this uh, when we talking about anchoring bias so that price that i have in mind is my anchor okay so if the company's uh, price in the app would be say 150 rupees for whatever uh, e- even if that price is actually very high for the distance that i am traveling mm-hmm. i wouldn't mind about it and okay. i would only just make sure i paid lesser than that mm-hmm. to the auto guy when i'm you know hiring the auto on the road did you see that i mean uh, because yeah, i have yeah. something to compare to now mm-hmm. i'm subconsciously keeping that as my anchor and i would i just i'm i'm, I'm happy to pay even 140 rupees or 130 rupees so but even 100 rupees would probably be you know the actual high. rate of the uh, uh, the yeah. actual rate when you have to bargain or say talk to the auto wala yeah. right the actual yeah. rate could be even lower like it could be like 80 rupees <laughs> <laughs> right but, so you're saying that you were uh, biased with the the thought that okay this is what the price was uh, listed in the app and uh, i should consciously bargain with the auto wala and uh, give something less so basically it's not about the auto walas or the app or the the any uh, service provider so it's about <laughs> the human mind that you're saying that okay this is a data or uh, this is the that was the first, first piece, piece of information, information yeah, that i've seen received. on the app and i'm sticking to that and yeah and i'm going to take any decision based on this so here is what you have to uh, look out guys so the moment you see some information and uh, your mind gets anchored to it and you start take, taking any decisions based on these piece of information you are not ready it's not that you might be most of us are smart enough to uh, think uh, on the go and then do whatever is right but most of our mind is anchored in a way that the moment you get this piece of information you will start de- taking decisions based on these informations uh, with jyoti's a uh, quick example of what anchoring bias i would just like to add another example here jyoti so yeah, sure. the moment you told about this example my brain just got ignited and i was i started thinking so there are uh, many websites right say i'm going to buy a maxi dress or a, a pair of sandals the moment i see it in one website or any uh, platform so then i start thinking okay here is a huge discount so then what happens say mega sale boom sale so i fix my mind based on this particular website and then i just uh, start hunting for uh, the same piece of uh, maxi dress or uh, sandals in other websites so there they say it's going to be 20 rupees less than this or 200 rupees less than that then i start thinking okay they are giving 80% discount so they are giving 50% discount so so the mind starts hunting like where it's ideally it's going to be the same rate because they have put 80% and this person has put only 50% 
your mind starts thinking okay this is much cheaper than this and you go for uh, eventually you pay the same amount so your mind is uh, ideally getting anchored to the first piece of information that you uh, see and uh, you start uh, making your decisions or whatever you want to do based on this first piece of information yeah i think uh, the online sales or you know even um, of the discount rate is uh, example is a great Uh, topic of anchoring uh, bias right everywhere you see uh, prices being scratched out and uh, come written with a less uh, lower price so yeah <laughs> true true i totally get that so uh, why do you think this is uh, uh, this anchoring bias is kind of important in this ux journey uh, jyoti so would you like to throw some light on this like what is your understanding or why do you think it's actually important to know this yeah i i think the, there is a term called uh, heuristics that's you know widely used in this field right also uh, mm-hmm. what it means is it, it again like we said initially when we spoke about the definition of cognitive bias where we spoke about how human brains think fast so heuristics is just another term that you know used to describe these uh, shortcuts that you know people take it's like these mental shortcuts you take to arrive at a decision or estimate you know an outcome these uh, you know this way of thinking is what leads to uh, you know the errors that we make right this is what we uh, established in the beginning of the episode so uh, why is anchoring bias important is because uh, this way of making decisions is so pervasive in our lives it's mostly subconscious we don't really you know deliberately make decisions in such a way but it will be good for us to be more aware of uh, this uh, bias that we have while making decisions so one of the examples why this could be important is to talk about how we plan our projects or uh, plan a particular task and how we mostly tend to underestimate the time that we take to finish uh, the a task or uh, uh, underestimate the cost of completing something this anchoring bias could help us a lot in project planning and there is also something called planning fallacy itself that is like i said you know uh, how we underestimate the amount of time it will take to complete a task so do you have uh, any experience in uh, this suchi that you would want to talk about and uh, okay. establish okay. so, why anchoring so, bias is important first to understand the the topics or the the points just you explain uh, jyoti so you say we generally tend to plan something the initial plan uh, or uh, the time the effort and the cost uh, based on the initial discussions we come up with a plan and then we, uh, we stick to the first piece of information and we tend to run the project with the same mindset so that is something uh, which is related to the anchoring bias is that right is my understanding right yeah ah okay yes then i think i have got a huge experience so with couple of my clients when i had to create project plan or do the planning i would just relate to one such experience here so with one of the client uh, we thought everything is going to be easy uh, when they said Uh, we have everything ready we have all this uh, details available you just have to uh, do some fine tuning do some uh, id work for it and everything and then uh, it is going to be a cake work for you because uh, it's not going to involve uh, much of time and effort so we estimated the time the cost the resource everything based on these inputs that we had re- received and we were so clear that okay 
the the there is not going to be much of work it's just going to be a uh, a uh, uh, very simple work and we are going to finish this project uh, in a month's time but as we got, got started with the project you won't believe jyoti the, the estimate or the cost or the resource or the time that each resource had put in was three or four times more than what we had estimated it there was a huge difference and uh, we couldn't uh, believe that uh, this much of effort was uh, being put in a single project and we couldn't do anything else so i think uh, this is something which is not good for any project or for the team uh, in my perspective so in some cases yes there are genuine deviations where you get a sudden requirement or uh, when you get a new uh, additional requirement as part of the sprint yes we can always uh, take some time uh, do that additional effort and estimation and add it as part of that but i think we'll have to be very clear when you have a huge uh, project or when you have a small project you will have to give yourself that uh, time buffer and that uh, estimate which is actually not going to be the same throughout the project there might be some variations but you should not stick to the initial data and just keep running the project with the same timelines and deadlines which might be very very cumbersome for the team so i think this is something which i'll have to definitely uh, implement or learn the anchoring bias so that i do my project planning really well and it is going to be easy for my team yeah thanks for that information jyoti i think everybody can relate to this project estimate and planning experience when we are talking about the anchoring bias so how do you think we will even tackle this jyoti so is it going to be difficult because as you said this is going to be a first piece of information that we start uh, taking it throughout our journey and uh, we subconsciously do it i know this is not going to be a easy thing but when we have to apply this into a project uh, how do we tackle this jyoti what's your suggestion or, or what do you think uh, we can actually do i think as is the case with any kind of bias even anchoring bias happens subconsciously when you're not aware of it interrupting a bias can be difficult but one one strategy could be to make evidence based decisions meaning instead of being subconsciously uh, stuck to uh, or anchored to you know one piece of information that you receive maybe uh, come up with reasons on why the anchor is inappropriate for the situation when we talk about examples like prices yeah, while shopping online or anywhere maybe reason out why the price is appropriate in that situation and then go about buying or making decisions about uh, buying and again in the example of project planning or talking about the planning fallacy we have to uh, come up with reasons on why we are anchored to the initial uh, plan that uh, we made and uh, why that could be inappropriate for the situation and be able to adapt and you know update our plans so that could be one strategy in how we can tackle this anchoring bias okay so uh, just to reiterate what you said just to understand it in a better way so you're saying that if i'm going to come up with a plan and if that is not going to work out then you're yeah, saying that don't don't stick to it so yeah. you just Be see what to... is better for that situation and come up with a better plan and don't get stuck uh, 
uh, with the right. single plan for throughout the project because it yes. might keep changing based on the situation yes. so guys this is it don't get stuck with one piece of information and keep questioning the right or... decision or keep questioning as jyoti said to as if... what better uh, you can do for that particular situation and just not to relate yeah of course that first piece of information is always handy but don't get stuck to that piece of information and keep making right decisions based on the situation yeah so i think this is more fun and i am going to enjoy every bit of this uh, ux journey and the exploring cognitive bias together with jyoti so yeah, this uh, is you have a fantastic yeah yeah i am excited about this journey and jyoti as well so we will keep talking to you more on the different biases and the different categories or different experiences that we had in our uh, personal and professional life and uh, it's going to be more fun want to know more and learn more about these biases stay tuned to edge subscribe to the edge podcast on your favorite podcast channel we are on google itunes spotify stitcher and more if you like this episode please share it with your friends if you have stories to share and want to be featured on our podcast write to us at podcasts@adepticlabs.com at